What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Hello and welcome to the home of the party of one of the, the one and only John Fields. My name is Rob Dawson. That is Terrence Ogilvie. We are kind of in this little makeshift studio we got set up over here. We got a nice brick wall in the background. We got the nice Big East carpet over here in front of it. And we got a nice camera set up. I feel pretty good about this. Boys, what's going on? How we doing? How we feeling? We try to offer good hospitality here at the household, uh, hosting and podcasting. There's no better host, whether it be at your house or on television, than John Fanta. But man, I've I feel like I'm running on about half a tank, but it's plenty after last night. The games lasted until, what, 2, 3 in the morning? Or at least I felt like it lasted until no, no, 2, that, 3 in the, the morning. The bar, that was us. The, the bar, bar lasted, lasted until 3 o'clock three. in the morning. So I feel like I'm functioning <laughs> on about half a tank, but a full Madison Square Garden, my only second my second time going there was unbelievable. What an atmosphere. I, I didn't see one person in the entire arena in a bad mood, which, I mean, you don't expect that. But at the same time, I think there was a general appreciation. Everybody was happy to be back. It was really something last night, and I think it was early in the Duke-Kentucky game where it hit me like, we are back. We are back. College basketball is back with fans in the stands. When they – the credit to MSG, because the first time out of the game, everybody's getting a feel for the atmosphere of Duke-Kentucky. They show Julius Randle. They show R.J. Barrett. They then showed O.B. Toppin a little bit later. Place is going nuts, and when the noise – bounces from side to side at the garden you feel it that's why the big east tournament at msg has such a tradition over there because you get those you get uconn and nova last night it's duke kentucky that's the best of the best in college basketball and those fans delivered so you the fans major credit yeah that's what i was talking remember how we talked about how the 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 garden is the best place to watch a um, a neutral site non-conference game in college basketball that it, it's that it's that experience where you have they show Julius Randle and they show RJ Barrett and you get the Kentucky fans going nuts then you get the Duke fans going nuts and it's like the the battle of the fan bases in the in the arena that's it's 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 the best another part too that was intriguing is like they weren't sectioned off it wasn't like these guys are Kentucky guys these guys are Duke like there were times last night about 10 minutes ago in the second half the entire arena was standing up I mean, I, there was one time I was just looking around while play was going on, just kind of taking it all in because it was so much, so many people. It just felt felt good. Felt and, good. And you know what else it felt like? And we, we brought this up with the Miller brothers. It felt like there was a normal lead up to this season with the level of play we saw last night. The level of play, we talked about how this could be the best season that this sport has seen in quite some time. I think the level that that Duke-Kentucky game hit on November 9th is a reflection of that. That was a high-level game for a season opener. Yeah, so let's talk about that. For me, the biggest takeaway that I had coming out of the Champions Classic is like, holy shit, Duke's good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my biggest takeaway is, holy shit, Duke is good. And and this is the thing that really stood out to me, okay? Um, I, I still think Kentucky is like a top 
10 top 12 basketball team. But when Duke made their run in the second half, Wendell Moore was on the bench. Paolo Bancaro was off getting fluids. And um, who was, who am I? There was one, there are other, uh, Mark, Mark Williams on, was on the bench with foul trouble. Trevor. Yeah, Trevor Keels. Who was talking about Trevor Keels in the preseason? Nobody. He took the game over. He took it from like a four-point game, and they pushed it out to 10, 12, 14 points midway through the second half. And at that point, it was done because you knew Kentucky didn't have it. Well, he, Kentucky didn't have it. He was excellent. And I was worried preseason about, hey, man, he's about 235 pounds. Like, that's a big guy. And a lot of those guys, they generate a lot of force. I get worried about their knees, their hips, things like that. Coach K said it in the presser afterwards. He said he is big. He is strong. But he plays so low when he's driving that he can just hold guys off. Mm -hmm. And he's always on balance. Even on a couple of those fadeaway shots that he made, his shoulders were still square. His discipline as far as shooting, I'm a shooter. So I look at those little nuances. Doster's not a shooter. He doesn't know anything about wow. that. He doesn't know wow. anything about look that. Look at this. <laughs> look at this. I needed to be well, you have to, you'd have to, to pass, you would have to pass the ball for him to learn about how to – Well, know. that we are the same in that. Hey, we're, hey, we're the same hey, in true that. Story, never, true story for all the listeners. It wasn't until I started shooting jumpers, Fanta didn't have that brick wall right <laughs> <now. laughs> I contributed to that, all right? Anyway, but um, his, his discipline scoring. I mean, whether it be in the mid-range, holding guys off and then elevating over the top, uh, man, he was just so impressive and physically. I mean, I looked at it as a hindrance. That dude's gifted. Yeah. That dude's gifted. Could, he, be, could, be, a, could be a defensive strength, end. Could be a defensive end. Yeah, he knows how to get someone on his hip, and once you get, he gets you on, you're, you're dead. You're dead. Once you're in your, his pocket, you're dead. You're not going to be able to stop him because he's so good at keeping you from, from getting back around him, and he's so good at occupying – the big when he's coming off those ball screens like he's just he's a killer man i'll tell you this fanta um i think that 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 presence that that kind of like guy that can create at the point of attack for for what duke has that was our question for him, at least for me right we still have it we're, we're going to talk about the shooting in a second but having a guy that could go out and can make a play and you don't have to rely on getting the ball to paolo you don't have to rely on getting the ball to mark williams that's the difference maker it is the difference maker, and I think that coming into the season, we're sitting here saying, will Wendell Moore, will Roach be that type of player who creates a little bit more? It was Trevor Keels, and for him to do that on night one of the season, for him to be at his length and to be able to drive the ball, keep it low, and finish, finish at the level he was finishing it against, when you're driving on Kentucky last night, you were going in the interior against a man who had – 19, excuse me, 17 points and 19 rebounds. I mean, if you would have told me Oscar Toshiba would have 17 and 19, I would have said, how much did Kentucky win by? Because how many times does a guy do that in a game that big and they lose? Last night was a revelation of Keels, who entering the night was in the 40s in mock drafts heading into next year. He helped himself the most out of any guy in, in the history of the Champions Classic last night. He was fantastic. And I'll tell you what the biggest thing that I have is. On top of Keels, Bancaro, the images of Coach K, he was pumped up about this one. College basketball, whether you like it or not, is better when the Duke Blue Devils are relevant because there's a love-hate that springs off a lot like the Yankees in baseball. College basketball can survive. They have the, the quality of the sport's been great. Duke is back. I'm absolutely Absolutely buying New Orleans after last night. I know it's one game, but my goodness, more than anything, outside of individual, guys, the length, 
the length that they have defensively. Kentucky did not know what to do on offense at times, trying to deal with that length, particularly Ty Ty Washington. Yeah, that's that's the struggles. We talked about this um, last night at the bar. Ty Ty Washington, it wasn't all that bad from him in terms of well, – it was bad for him. But for me, it wasn't a problem for what Ty Ty is as a player as much as it was the point of how good – Duke is defensively, right? They have so much length and athleticism, man. Think about it. There are lineups that they can roll out there where they have Trevor Keels at the one. They have Wendell Moore at the two. They're going to have A.J. Griffin at the three, Paolo at the four, Mark Williams at the five. Like, what What are you going to do with that? You said throwback, you said throwback yeah, last night. I agree. Hey, T.O., you played in the ACC back in the day. That, that, that is a throwback Duke defensive team, right? I mean, just big, physical, overwhelm you. I'd hate to bring up the fact that I picked both the winners last night. <laughs> I mean, I'd hate to talk about that right now as we're going. But, uh, you know, 2-0. 0-2. 0-2, 2-0. I'm 2-2 no. oh, and two. Oh, two. I'm, I'm, I'm like, because I, I picked both teams at different points during the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. But, you know, you, you, look at a couple, you look at a couple other stats. Offensive rebounding and rebounding in general, Kentucky dominated. But a lot of those offensive rebounds, I think they ended up with 19, John. Empty possessions, because what would happen is Toshiboy would get it, would miss layups. They had a lot of bunnies that they just couldn't finish around the rim because we said it before. The, we've said it before the game. Mark Williams' length and Paolo Bancaro, there's not a whole lot that they can do with that. And I want to I want to bring one other person up, and he hasn't gotten talked about a whole lot. The Marquette transfer, Theo John, has got some Stephen Adams about him. He has got some toughness. He brings an edge to this team. I mean, there was a whole lot of shit talking going on last night especially between him and uh, who's at Lance Ware that came off the bench. It was, it was intriguing. It was awesome. That's, that is, that is the biggest difference right there between the two teams, right? When you, when, when Duke loses Shibway, they bring in Lance Ware, who is like, okay, Damian Collins, who's not ready for he's that. Not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. And it showed last night him and Ty, him and Ty Ty Washington together, just physically, you could see they're not where they're going to be, but you could, they just ooze potential. I mean, Ty Ty Washington, let's, let's call it what it is. Three or 14. Same time, he's still able to get 14 shots off against probably, and they weren't bad shots. He just couldn't make them. Yeah, all. some some of them weren't great shots. But the the point is, when when Duke loses their front line, when Mark Williams gets in foul trouble, when Paolo goes out with a cramp, they bring in a guy that is 23 years old, yeah. is built like a def- defensive end, and was an all Big East defensive player, and a guy who has been ejected from Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Theo, Theo John got thrown out of a game at MSG. I don't know if you remember this. You 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 definitely remember it. A couple years ago, Seton Hall Marquette, there's a mini brawl, like not a major one, but many. There was there was some pushing and shoving it was, it was a curfuffle. on the baseline. Yeah. Yes. A curfuffle. I like curfuffle. that. I like the that. officials <laughs> made it probably even more than it was. We have multiple players getting thrown out of the game. We have, I don't know if you remember this one, Miles Powell was thrown out and then brought back in. Yeah, he yeah, it was. It was and crazy. Theo John gets thrown out. He gets thrown out in that game. In other words... Theo John's played in the garden. He's been thrown out. This ain't nothing. Last night was nothing for him. He's like, I'm familiar with MSG. And he played like it when he, to be able to bring in a guy that size and a guy that tough off the bench, it's the perfect situation. It's a great transfer pickup. Obviously the Steve Wojciechowski, Mike Krzyzewski connection there. He comes from Marquette. Wojo uh, obviously loses his job. And and the big thing is, the big thing is, the most important thing is he has accepted being a guy off of the bench. It's not always easy when you're, when you're a starter at a program, when you're coming in, when you're, I mean, he was an all big East defensive. He was the best defensive center in the big East last season. 
right? Isaiah Whaley was 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 given the award. I, but I, okay, you're right. He's don't, I, I consider him a whatever, 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 whatever. Oh, to, I know, you're right. I know, you're right. I Isaiah Whaley. I mean, Isaiah Whaley should be an All American. Listen to top dogs. He has to listen to top dogs. That's what he should do. <laughs> um, but the point is, Theo Johns accepted a role. He was a very very good player at Marquette, and he's accepted a role at Duke. And uh, last point, and then we can whatever you got to say. I know you got some. You got that look in your eye. You got, got something to say right now. But here, here's the thing, <laughs> Oscar Sheway, right? He had he was the only player on Kentucky last night that had a positive plus minus. Do you know who led Duke in plus minus? Theo John. Really? Theo John led wow, Duke in plus minus. And it's not like that's not the best stat in the world, but that kind no, of but sums it's, up. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a big good indicator for what yeah. happened last night in that game. Yeah. Well, he brings an edge that I don't think Duke has had the past couple of years. I mean, you got these kids that are really talented, but they don't really have that guy who's going to punch you in the gut when you're getting a rebound or something like that. They needed that. They needed that hard screen center that they didn't have last year. They needed guys like that. You know, Mark Williams got incredible length. Is he like a, is he a bruiser? I think he's the perfect compliment to him coming off the bench. He's tough as nails. He finishes around the rim. And it, there were a couple of possessions last night. Like he dominated the course of play defensively. He had two ridiculous blocks that changed the game during that run where they kind of put it away. He had two blocks that he put through the backboard that changed the game. I think they were both on Severe Wheeler, who we'll get to him in a second. But I got I got to make a point really quick, guys. We are now 11 minutes into recording this podcast. We have not talked about Paolo Bancaro, who had 22 points, who had seven boards, who drew seven fouls last night, who was, for the record, significantly more advanced on the defensive end than I expected him to be, who was just as strong as we expected, but there's no way that dude is 250 or 260. He, he's, he's lean, and he, I mean, he can move. He can slide his feet. He's a monster, a composed monster, though. I thought he handled the stage of last night so, so well. He absolutely looked like a player and human that you could see walking up when Adam Silver calls the number one pick in the draft. That, that, that is the fact. You could see him walking up on that stage as number one pick in the draft. And, and we were talking about it heading into this season. Last night, the belief came out of that entire building, everybody that was watching. If you watched him in person, what doesn't he do well? What doesn't he do well? I'm curious to see when teams do pack it in, what his decision-making is. But this kid created, drove, you could pack it in. Guess what? He'll still drive at you and he'll finish and he'll get fouled if he doesn't finish. I love everything about Paolo Bancaro. I love everything about him. And for a first impression in college basketball, give him a 10 out of 10 battling through cramps too and still make him winning plays. He's not a guy who came in last night and was out for for just me, for me. He made winning play after winning play and the defensive advancement that is a big indicator of just how good this kid could be. The fact he was that good defensively on opening night. It was incredible. And I'm going to have a little, I don't know even if it's a hot take. They say you save the best for last. I think Paolo Bancaro is the best NBA prospect that Coach K has ever Better had. than Zion? Better than Zion. I can't do that today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Zion weighs 315 right now. Oh, I'm sorry. He's he's a better prospect. What doesn't he do? No, he's, he's got, got ample length. I, I love him. He, he, I love him. He, Look, I love him. Grant Hill, Grant Hill, all these guys. Anybody he's ever had, he is the I, best one. From I just want to let you guys know. Hold on, hold on. From I just want to let you guys know. I did not say that. 
John Fitton Terrence did not say that. Terrence Ogles will be saying he's wearing a Clemson shirt. So, like, let's be honest. He does everything. I was so impressed with the way he handled the ball off the dribble, the way he found his teammates when the defense collapsed. Now they got to shoot the ball better. We'll get into that in a moment. They've got to help him out a little bit. They've got to shoot the ball better because what's going to end up happening, guys are going to press up. And Coach Calipari said it last night in the post-game presser. He said, we want to make him get in the lane, make decisions, and pitch out. They're going to do that this season. Can uh, Duke has to be able to knock the ball, knock the knock shots down from the perimeter, or else it is going to close up in a hurry. And even so, they're going to be able to hang in, hang in a lot of games because they're so big and physical. They're going to be able to overwhelm you. You talked about old school Duke. Old school Duke was on display last night. And Paolo Bancaro, man, I was so impressed with his off the dribble game. He was bringing the ball up. He had the maturity to get rid of it if he didn't have anything. He didn't force the issue. This Duke team. I, I just don't know who stops him on an on night. That shimmy fadeaway, about 15 feet on the left side, when a guy came to double and he spun away from the double team, he saw the double team coming, spins away from the double team and knocks down a fadeaway. So here's my question to both of you. Did that at 18 years old. Insanity. Although the, 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 the quote about being the best but, prospect coach Kay's ever had. Name I a better one. Well, Zion Williams. No, sir. Be- no, sir. Okay. All right. So let's, let's, let's Zion, hold. Okay. The reason I say that, the reason I say that Zion had obvious holes, obvious holes, can't shoot, worried about his weight. Is he going to get hurt? How long is he going to be able to play? Where's the hole with Paolo Bancaro? Where's the hole? I can't find one. Six, On 10. November the 10th, can I say I need to see a little bit more of a sample size to come over to your No, camp? sir. Fanta, you better hop on this boat right now. I'm not. I can't hop on the <laughs> boat. I'm not hopping on the ferry. Neither are you. I'm going to ask you both this, though. Where do you lean? Are you either encouraged that Duke only hit one three and won the way they did still by eight points? Or are you concerned about that long term? Which side do you I, lean I more am, on? I'm absolutely concerned. Who hit the, who hit absolutely, the three? Uh, Trevor Keels. I'm, I'm, I am absolutely concerned about it um, for the simple reason that we saw this with the Zion team, right? What you would do is you would just pile people in the paint. You would dare them to shoot over the top. It got to the point. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember this against UCF. They put in the, in the second round of the tournament, they put Taco Fall on Trey Jones and just had Taco Fall stand in front of the rim and did not guard Trey Jones. And Duke needed, I mean, it was, it was kind of a miracle that they were able to get out of the second round of that tournament game. And I, I think that we might see a situation where it's similar. Now, I think Trevor Keels is a better offensive weapon than any of the guards that that Duke team had. He's better than Trey Jones offensively. Um, he's better than Jordan Goldwire was offensively. But it's still something where you have to be able to find a way to create space for your – look, they're going to overpower you this year. This is who they are. They are Paolo, and they are Mark Williams with a bunch of good guards. You have to be able to create the space for Paolo to operate. Because what we saw last – look, he missed – he's a very good mid-range shooter. He's not a great three-point shooter, though. He's just not. No. No, but you know what? He's able to do a nice job of, like, last night with about six minutes left and, and Kentucky kind of creeping, but they didn't – they had made the full-on run quite yet. He, he comes back in from the cramps. And he takes the ball. He's like 16 feet away from the bucket on the left baseline. Nonetheless, he turns. He knocks that down in your eye hole. This kid creates for himself at the mid-range level. I'm wondering here, like for me, I expect Wendell Moore to take 
to keep ascending. Am I wrong for, for not thinking that? Because he's got to be part of this equation. He, he was, he was he good last night, but the problem is yeah. he's, he's never, he's not a guy that's going to like make jumpers. He needs, he needs he, to make He jumpers. does, but he's it, got a space to floor. But that, I that's like saying this. we need Terrence Oglesby to be a great defensive player. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah, just not sometimes you just, you are what you are. Absolute, absolute refusal. Sometimes you just are what you are. So that, I mean, that's, if that Andre, we, we compared him a little bit, I, at least I did to, to Andre Iguodala. If he can do that, he, he doesn't have to so be great. The, the big, the thirty big, yeah, to thirty-five. The, if he could, if he could be that guy, you saw what he did with Sebastian Wheeler last. The, night. the thing is, he doesn't have to sh- be a great shooter. He has to be a good enough shooter that defenses need to respect it. Honest, 30, 30, 33 yes. to thirty-five percent. You got to keep him honest. Same thing with Trevor Keels. Same thing with Jeremy Roach. That's why I think there's a lot of value in Joey Baker and his ability to shoot and pull people away from the basket. And here's the other thing: AJ Griffin is probably the second best NBA prospect on this team. If you talk to NBA scouts in terms of the way that he can defend, his versatility, his physicality, he played 10 minutes last night. Yeah, yeah. He's not there yet. He's not. He's not. He's not, he's not there, there yet. He's, he's there I mean, it's also he's coming off the injury. So, like, I'm not saying he's not ready, but, like, he's – you got to give that one a little bit of time to acclimate. Can we pivot to Kentucky real quick? I want to, I want to do that exactly right now because I, I was just going to say, like, thinking more about the game. You know, uh, I, I – Jed back from here at halftime to, to get home for the postgame show and watch it on the app. But, but watch the first half of the game, obviously, in person. When that game hits halftime, you look up at the board, Kentucky's had next to, to nothing beyond one player. And that's why a Kentucky fans should be encouraged. Because you know what? Last year, you had zero backcourt rhythm. You had no semblance of, of knowing really who you were. I, I got to give applause to Severe Wheeler for a first half last night. He had 12 points and five assists. He's, he's accounting for 80% of the team's points in the first half last night. Yeah, no, he, yeah, for, for sure. He was great in the first half and he had a couple of, of absolute dimes. He also had seven turnovers. He also had three shots put through the rim um, in the yeah, second half yeah. when, when yes, he kind he of did. pulled away. The There's th- a huge adjustment in the second half. Yeah, yeah, no, no. All I was going to say is, is Severe is a great playmaker. You cannot rely on him to be a guy that's going to get you 16 and 10 every single night because that's not that's not going to be the best that Kentucky can be. They need Ty Ty to be better. He needs to be the guy. And and the biggest thing is they need somebody behind Big Sheev to step up and be able to contribute. They they cannot get their ass kicked the way they got their ass kicked without those guys. Now, to be fair, Paolo, Mark Williams, you're, you're not going to see other guys like that. They're, they're, they're those two are incredible. There aren't very many teams like that, but if you look at the best teams in the country, yeah, Kofi Coburn, yep, Hunter Dickinson, Trevion Williams, and Zach Eady. Like they're yeah. all Big Ten, Big Ten. Big yeah. Ten. Only they're, had eleven bench points, by the way. Kentucky only had eleven. Yeah. Bench so points. I mean, look, the, the, at the end of the day, I will say this about. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Sheboy. No, no. I, yeah, I was just going to say the shooting was there. I thought Keon Brooks played well, and if Ty Ty Washington goes eight for fourteen mm-hmm. instead of three for fourteen, this is a game. Kentucky competes, and what we come out of here saying is, okay, Kentucky's really good. Duke might just be awesome. And that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it right now. Like Kentucky's probably like a top 10 to 15 team. I I think that Duke, what they've proven to us is they have a chance to like they're let me phrase it like this. Kentucky's the second weekend team. Duke is a final four team. Right? You had a point about Sheboy. Go ahead before I cut you off. No, it wasn't Sheboy, it was uh Severe Wheeler. He back when I was playing, we played against South Carolina. They had a guy named Devin Downey. And Devin Downey, a lot of people have compared him to, the, to him, and they're similar in stature and size and all that. 
David Netting was a better scorer than Wheeler, better shooter all around. But our scouting report going into that game was he's small. We're going to help late. First half, Duke overcommitted to Wheeler. Second half, they're like, we're going to put Wendell Moore on him, and we're just going to let him chase down blocks, and we're going to let Mark Williams help late. And it completely threw Wheeler off his game because he was leaving his feet. He was indecisive. Whenever he got into about seven, eight feet from the bucket, he had a hard time making decisions. Had a hard time making decisions. Another point, I worry about Ty Ty Washington a little bit more than you guys because he was beasted last night. That's just bottom line. They had bigger, stronger players at Duke. He was getting pushed off his spots. He struggled to score. What does the SEC have about as much as any other conference in the country? Big, strong wings, whether it be at Arkansas, whether it be at Florida. Tennessee's got big, strong guards. That's going to be an issue. You said it's more of what Duke is and what Ty Ty is. I agree a little bit because Duke is fantastic, especially defensively this year. You can see where Coach K has been there all summer. I mean, it was in the first five minutes. You could sit and watch that game, and you were like, this team's going to guard this year. This is the first time a Duke team has guarded probably five, six years. It's because he had him all summer. But I do worry about Ty Ty Washington because he's so slim, and I don't know that he's going to be able to put on a ton of weight. No, he's not going to be able to put on the weight, but I'm not, I'm not ready to write off. I'm not um, writing him kid, off. He's but still going to have a great He's year, got but, it, but he has to learn how to do that. But, I mean, Sean Miller made the point last night on the show. It's unfair to put freshmen into a situation like that in the garden in their first game and take like these overriding opinions on him. So you are 100% correct. He has to be better. I'm, I'm willing to still kind of buy the dip, I guess. I'm, I'm willing to believe in him and being able to get this thing turned around. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing. They, it's not as if they're sitting here saying, Ty Ty, you must be this for us today. They have to figure out how they can play to his strengths and it's a marathon. And here's the thing. Unlike last year when Kentucky couldn't play to their playmaker strengths because they're asking them to do things that, that they're really not even there to do. This team does have, other, if they could just channel, I agree with you on severe Wheeler. I thought he was, he was circling like a shark last yeah, night at the end of the game, trying time. to figure out where the hell he was going to go with they the basketball. Off, they weren't helping off shooters because they hit six in the first half and Duke completely said, forget it. We're going to let Mark Williams clean up the mess. Theo John's going to be down there waiting on you. And we're just going to let you make plays. If you hit seven foot floaters all night, we'll live with that. It was a great adjustment. Great adjustment. It's a marathon. And, uh, and I, I think that actually the, the quote of the night, there was a question that came in from from the press pool. It was fun to be in a press pool last yeah. night. Like, it's and, wild. And one of the did that. One of the reporters said to Bill Self, "Bill, you went eleven deep. You played smaller at times. Like, is this is this who you are?" Bill Self goes, "I don't know who the hell we are. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I don't know what we're doing. Like from game to game, right? It's a long. He goes, there are two seasons before the real season begins. I thought that was an interesting line from Self. Yeah, the, so um, that wasn't the quote tonight, by the way. The quote tonight was when uh, John Calipari asked Matt Norler, did you even watch the game? <laughs> hey, <laughs> that one cracked that. me up. Um, all right, let's, let's pivot to Kansas-Michigan State. Uh, the talking point there is Oshai Igbaji. Nine for 17 from the floor, three for six from three, hit all eight of his free throws, uh, scored 29 points, big goose egg in the turnover column. To me, T.O., the most impressive thing was his ability to put the ball on the floor, get to the spot that he wanted to get to. We haven't seen him be able to do that in the past. Like the, he's been able to shoot. We know about the athleticism. We know about what he can be defensively. We haven't seen that ability to get to the spots that he needs to get to, to elevate and make shots. And he did that last night. 
He was terrific. I mean, all over the floor. And, and there was a time where Michigan State was making a little mini run, and they call and Kansas calls timeout. You need your senior to be good. Then you need him to make a tough shot. Catches an oop, gets a steal, four point flip, quick, fast, and in a hurry. He was terrific, and he got C.J. Moore. We talked to him last night. That was he pulled up on a three. It was a one on two break. He comes down on the on the left forty five, coming towards us where we were sitting, and he just pulls up, knocks it in. It was incredible. He it, you can write it you can write it down that he's going to be an All American. I want to say in pen. I want to say in pen. I tweeted out in pen last night. But man, his length, his athleticism, his game off the bounce was terrific. I mean, that's the thing. If he's if he's making terrific. those shots, that that is. And a, he's doing it against Michigan State. Now I understand like Max Christie is like he's he's not quite a Michigan State guy as far as toughness is concerned. But you're still running into the rest of those guys. He was unbelievable. I thought he looked like one of the best top 15 players in the country. It, it changes his game when he's able to create for himself. And he doesn't have to rely on other people to create for him. And to me, that like bigger picture for Kansas, that was what they were kind of missing, right? That was what they didn't necessarily have. We were like, okay, they can scheme stuff up to get David McCormick the ball in the paint. Um, they can find a way to, you know, you're going to get these backdoor lobs. Bill Self is good for 10 to 12 points a game just because he's going to run something and have a counter that no one's seen before, no one's expected. He can manufacture points that way. But when you get down to it, when you get to the end of a clock, and you need somebody to make a play, they didn't have that guy last year. Oshai was that guy last night. You know who else was that guy? Remy Martin was that guy last night, and he was under control. Fanta, talk to me about Remy. Talk to me about Oshai. Talk to me about all your takeaways from Kansas. Okay, so for Kansas, you just brought up the fact that, that Bill Self's great out of timeouts and setting things up. He's good for 8 to 10 points a game. When you go to Allen Fieldhouse, the fans are good for another 8 to 10 points a game. You're trailing by 16 to 18 points before you even get a chance to get the basketball. Now you add in a player who is an All-American type of player. I agree with you. I would write that down in pen and look like a pro and also told us he was this close to going pro. It's the best type of return. And that's the key to success in college basketball. You keep the players around who are close to being pros as close as possible, but they still play in college. I thought that Kansas last night, having as good of a coach as Self, Self designs great offense. He designs great sets. Guess what happened in the second half? They figured out the fact that, hey, no set's going to be better than just giving Agbaji the ball and letting him work. Like Kansas' best form of offense was letting Ochai go to work last night, and that's really scary because guess what? They got about three or four other forms of offense that they could use on any given night. That's not the sole formula for Kansas to win by. Remember, they're without Jalen Wilson in this game, and David McCormick didn't even play well in the first half. He struggled for a good portion of that first half. He was <laughs> David he was, McCormick for about the first half looked like David McCormick from the first six weeks of last season. And I was like, come on, man, stop with the turnarounds. You're seven foot two fifty. We walked by him at the team hotel the night before the game, and all three of us were like, Oh yeah. I forgot what big guys look like yeah, exactly. and play like that. Play like that. One, one real quick point though, that I want to make, because, because you brought up um, Oshai declaring for the draft and coming back uh, first and foremost, it's, it's, it's difficult for guys in a lot of situations to go pro, get the feedback from the NBA and then come back and be able to utilize that feedback in a way that helps their team win. Right. A lot of times it's big guys. Ah, oh, we need to see you prove that you can shoot. Well, you know, in college, we don't want Hunter Dickinson proving that he can shoot. We don't want Hunter Dickinson proving that he can play on the perimeter. Get your ass in the post. Go dunk on people. You have one hand, but you're the best in the country at using that hand. Yes. Use it. 
win games that way. Um, yeah, do what you do what you do. The thing about Oshai, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name here, and I don't want people to overreact, but it, it reminds me a little bit of the leap that Buddy Heald made his senior season, right? Buddy Heald for three years at Oklahoma was like, okay, he's a glue guy, okay, he can defend, okay, his junior year, he averaged like 15 points and shot like 33% from three and couldn't really handle the ball, didn't really have an off the bounce game, but was like a good player that probably could have gotten a spot at the end of the bench somewhere. That summer, he goes through the NBA draft process. They're like, hey, man, listen, you got to be better off the bounce and you have to be a great shooter. And he came back and he was crossing people up. He was hitting step backs. He had range out to like 30 feet. He averaged 25 points a game and it was him and Denzel Valentine, whole season national player of the year. He carries the Sooners to the final four. I'm not saying Oshai is going to be able to average 25 a game and like be in that national title race and shoot 50% from three while taking eight a game. But he's taken like a similar leap where it's like, okay, well, look, if you're playing off the bounce like that, T.O., you, you might be an All-American. Yeah. Uh, I, yes. I mean, he was terrific. He, and the thing was, too, when you were watching him play, he did everything that you would need for an NBA role player. He guarded his tail off. Whenever he was switched on to point guards, he guarded his butt off. Tyson Walker disappointed me a little bit. I was expecting a little bit more. Bright lights, the, Madison Square Garden. Hopefully he can moment, have a better the moment, job. The moment was too big. He's a New York City kid that played a couple years at Northeastern, coming home, yeah. playing for Michigan State in the garden as a kid that grew up in the city. Like, that's that's a big that's a big moment, a lot to put on that kid. I, I'm still – he's another one where it's like I, I he's – he's going to be better. That was just, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right. But he just did so many things that as a scout, you're sitting there looking, you're looking at a seven foot wingspan. You're looking at a guy who slides his feet. I'm not going to say at an elite level, but it's yeah, it's damn close. Like the way he shot the ball last night, he never seemed like he was forcing the issue, which was the most important thing. He yeah. never seemed like he was forcing the issue. He just took angles, took off, made plays. And even when, you know, some guys, when they're feeling it, me in particular, I, I think you were like that, too. If you're feeling it, it's going up. Yep. He didn't even force if, it. Even this if I wasn't was a feeling senior, it was going up. Yeah. Even if I wasn't feeling it was going up. Yeah, <laughs> but he but he was smart enough. He was like, this is a senior who spent a lot of time under Coach Self. And Coach Self's given him a little extra leash. And because he's improved at such a dramatic rate. I mean, his freshman year, he was good. You could see it. You could say he was, what was he, top 100 player? He wasn't a typical, like. Oh, self said he was 300. No, he, he wasn't, wasn't. Depending he wasn't, on where he you were at. But he wasn't ranked. Like he was like, he went to like a small school and played power forward. And he redshirted. Do you remember this? Yeah. He redshirted. And then they had a bunch of, I think it was like the Diedrich Lawson. Yeah. You remember? And then yeah. it, like a bunch of injuries. And he's like, all right, let's pull the redshirt. He comes in, he had like 20 in his first game. Everyone's like, who the hell is this kid? I can't even pronounce his fucking name. Yeah. That's what that's what self talked about playing where you had him. But self said he was he was an under the radar guy, but he's the classic example of what a great college player and now a pro can be. See, we get into this conversation sometimes and, and I see it up close and personal with Villanova where we sit here and say, I don't know if if he's a pro. It's a journey. And again, sometimes coming back to college, it's a best case scenario. Number one. Now you can come back. You could still make some dollars with NIL. Number two, you might not fully be framed for the NBA quite yet. Last night, Agbaji looked like he was ready for the NBA. Could have could have gone last year, but perhaps one more year of Bill Self coaching benefits you more than playing in the G League on a Wednesday night on ESPN Plus. You know, so like I think that that this is a, the epitome of what the process is, and it's okay to come back because this kid looks like he could be that Buddy Heel type player. Remember, when Buddy Heel takes that rise, he now becomes the face of the sport. He now becomes the face of Big Monday. 
Like that's that's what Ochai Obaji is looking at. I, I want to bring this up though. I thought that was an organic, a natural 29-point performance. Yes. Uh, on the flip side, though, I thought Bill Self summed it up post-game, Rob, because you asked earlier, we have not turned to this name yet, Remy Martin stayed within himself in, in that first half. In the second half, showed us a little bit of, of what, what he was at Arizona State and, and was trying to get shots up. He's still trying to clearly figure out how he fits into Bill Self's Kansas Jayhawks team. But I thought for starters, I'd give a thumbs up to Remy Martin last night. I thought he did what he needed to do, and he showed us that he's willing to change. Well, the, the big thing for me is it seems like he wants to be the guy. It, it takes a long time for a player of that level to figure out how to change what they've done their entire life, right? It, like, he's an alpha personality, too. I mean, when you watch that post-game presser, like he's taken, like, it doesn't happen too often. You go from Kansas's press conference where they ask Ochai a question and then another guy followed him, Remy follows up. That doesn't happen that often. So he's that kind of personality. Man, it's big of him to want to do that. And I, I, I thought, too, first half, Remy was a little wild. A little self-involved. A little self-involved. But you kind of want and, and, that and out What of I mean him. by that, you, you, yeah, you need do. that out of him for what Kansas – had like they they need a guy that can go out and make a play at the end of the clock and i think bill self has to take the reins off a little bit and kind of let him rock but it's the kind of thing where it's like you got to make sure you understand look there are moments where you can do this if there's seven seconds left on the shot clock and you got the ball go make a play that's what you do but when there's 20 seconds left on the shot clock and i want you to run this set and get the ball to this wing over here so we can get this uh this seal to david mccormick and you got to stay your ass in the corner because you yeah but like so he's if he can buy in and do what he needs to be able to do and take advantage of those moments, then he's a really effective player. And I'll tell you this before I throw it back to you, T.O. There was nothing better. I don't, I don't know if this came through on TV, but there was nothing better than Remy hitting these jump shots and making these plays and then backpedaling back. Every time he hit one, he stared right at Bill Self. <laughs> he looked right at Bill Self. And it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, I told you what I could do. Don't fucking bench me again. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, when I say self-involved, this is what I mean. Yeah. When I say self-involved, this is what I mean. It seemed like in the first half, he was worried about the wrong things. Like he's beating his chest. He's going up there. He's walking. He's hitting his head on the stanchion. Like he, it, there was just a lot of stuff that was going on. The second half, he settled in. He got focused. There was no ancillary bullshit. Like, and, and it was like he focused in. And then when he focused in, it's almost like self could see it. He set a little elevator screen for him. We got a burden here. We got a burden. Fancy's apartment. We got a burden. For some reason, every time I get a FaceTime, that. Anyway, but. but all the ancillary stuff, he canceled it. And then second half, I thought he was really, really good. And he gives Kansas what they didn't have last year. Two things. Somebody who can get into the paint on his own. Dewan Harris does it a little bit, but he's, mm -hmm. not, he's not spectacular in a matter that he's going to be able to bring guys to him and then make something happen. Remy can do that. He brings a level of spurtability because I feel like Ochai is going to be a consistent threat all year. I think he's – after last night, the manner in which he scored 15 to 20, maybe not 28, but 15 to 20 is not out of the question. And I think Remy gives you something that he has the ability to blow a game open like that. He can knock down eight quick points, put a game out of reach, and Kansas wins because of him. And here's the thing. When you have that spurtability, 
at, at that level of Remy Martin mm-hmm. and you have Agbaji and we didn't even see Jalen Wilson. And oh, by the way, David McCormick will be far better. And Christian Brown didn't play very well no, either. You gave him a little spur in the second half. Here's the other key takeaway from this win. I thought late in the first half when Kansas found a bit of an advantage going in the locker room where they could say, we've got a separator here. Mm-hmm. I thought their freshmen were very good in this game. I thought that uh, oh. Pettiford, down the stretch in the first half, Pettiford played like the last five minutes of the first half. Terrence, he was terrific. His speed, he is quick as hell, Rob. I, I said, you, this kid can play. Hot take to you about coming. Go ahead. Hot take to you. Bobby Pettiford will be an All-American before he finishes college. Oh, wow, you are rolling today. today. I, would, watching, I wouldn't bet against that tools. kid. I loved him. I it's, loved him. It's the tools that I saw last night. It's the tools, like his explosion, his lower body. He doesn't get knocked off balance as a freshman. He's under control. He's going to be able to get by, guys. Yeah. He's the next North Carolina guard to go to Kansas and Bill Self can figure it out. And he is tough as nails. I love the kid. I thought he was terrific. Yeah. Hot was. take. Was it Hot Take Wednesday? Yeah. Hot Take Wednesday. Baby. Hey, hot Caleb Love played well last night, hot, by the way. Hot Take Wednesday. <laughs> he played okay. He was, um, you got anything to add on on uh, Michigan State? Anything to say? That they just they, they don't have. Well, I mean, they don't have they don't have a guy. They don't have a killer, and they need a guy that's going to be the killer they can go to. You know, Malik Hall, he ain't ready. And I don't know if, if he's not ready right now. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be ready. Joey Hauser, uh, not he's not it. Gabe Brown, not like they have a bunch of guys that are good pieces, yeah. right? But if they don't have Max Christie as someone that can go out and get you 17, 18 points a game, if you don't have Tyson Walker better than what he was last night, look, he'll be better. Here's I'm here's no, he he will, but we have to see, you know. And here's here's the thing about it. it. A.J. Hogard was their best player last night. The problem is A.J. Hogard has a lot of Rocket Watts in him. A lot of the things that were that were a problem with Rocket are the same kind of issue with Hogard in the sense that he is less of a set-the-table, get everyone involved. I'm going to find a way to make sure Gabe Brown gets in the spots that make him successful. I'm going to make sure Joey Hauser gets in the spots that he's successful. He's not that dude. He's like, okay, I'm going to go make a play. Sometimes it'll lead to layups for some of my big guys. Maybe I'll get an open three for someone. But for the most part, it's him going out and making a play for himself. A lot of times it was in transition. And that's valuable. You need that. But you need somebody that's going to make the guys around you better. And I don't, I don't know if they have that. I got a question. I got a question for both of you guys. I, I, I saw a Michigan State team that – how many guys on that team did you look at and be like, if that potential turns into production, Michigan State could be very, very good. Yep. Um, there, there weren't, wasn't much there in the cupboard. I'm thinking I about, sometimes when, guys, I, when yeah. I watch teams play, uh, I ask this question internally. I talk to myself. Do you? Yes, I do. So I asked myself. That's not last surprising, week. by the way. <laughs> that is not surprising at all. And it never I, turns it off. I asked myself last night, and I asked this when I watch a team play, especially teams that like don't have a number next to their name. You know, I'm trying to figure out who they are. Particularly on offense, what is it that Michigan State does well? Slash did well last night. I don't know what their DNA is. I don't know what they're trying to do on the offensive end of the floor. Um, they they turned the ball over really well last night. Yeah, they were they were really they were really good at throwing the ball into the stands. Um, they were good at missing shots. You know, they were good at getting to the free free throw line and not 
converting and, 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 and finishing those opportunities. Our, our, our boys, our boys over there at, uh, was it Three Man Weave or? Sleepers Media. Sleepers, rather. Sorry. We have so many good people uh, working. Carter, Carter Elliott is down bad right now. He's you, hurting right yeah, now. He's hurting. It, he is hurting. It was a tough watch when they were in the half court, and that's the other thing. Kansas started to, like, if you turn the ball over against Kansas, good night. The game's over. I think Michigan State, the problem I have with them is, is that the idea of figuring it out, if you're going to figure it out, you have to have an alpha that has to start. They don't have an alpha. Um, I'll be very curious to see what happens again. You're, you're playing in, in the toughest conference in the country. So you don't have physically tough, physically tough. I think the sec has tough players, but I think that the big 10, we brought up the fact that Coburn Dickinson, Edie and, and Williams, who had a strange line last night, very strange off the bench, only played 15 minutes for Purdue, but I digress. I just, I don't know about Spartans. I'll tell you what. I will tell you guys this right now. A uh, brief note on Michigan State. There is not a bigger non-conference game for the two teams that are playing next week at Hinkle Fieldhouse, Michigan State at Butler. Both those teams need that game. That's a game. That's an early season game. You need it. Michigan State needs it to clean up. Butler needs it because, frankly, they're at home and, and they're a team that's trying to get themselves back on track this season. So Michigan State has to figure it out. I just don't know who that starts with. Who is their lead scorer this year? I don't know if they have a guy. They don't have an Akbaji. They don't even have a Remy no. Martin. They need uh they it's, need it starts with Tyson Walker. Yeah, they need Tyson Walker to be a guy that can make everybody better. And they need Max Christie to be a dude that can get you 15, 16, 17 a game. And they need guys like Gabe Brown and Joey Hauser to, to be better. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I thought Gabe Brown was gonna be better too, to be honest but, with you. Like, thought... Gabe, if you ask Gabe to be a guy that catches some lobs, makes some open threes plays a little bit of defense, and is just out there being athletic and long and a shooter, he's really good. If you ask him to be someone more than that, yeah, you ask him to do a little too much. Okay, so what you just said describes him. It describes Max Christie. It describes Marcus Bingham Jr. They don't have anybody to create those closeouts. Nope. That's they don't the, have anybody to create those closeouts. That's the issue. And, and that makes you worry. <laughs> yep. I mean, they, they have to have that guy. Butler, Michigan State might be 53-50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's kind of jump around um, college basketball a little bit. We can make this be like a hot take over reaction section. Maybe just box score watching because all three of us were at the game last night. We didn't see much else. But what were – give me some takeaways. Uh, we'll, we'll knock these out minute at a time. T.O., give me your first one. Uh, Virginia Navy. Uh, it's not necessarily shocking because the manner in which that pack line defense is played, because whenever you're at Virginia, they're going to overhelp. And if you can shoot over contested hands, and a lot of these mid-majors can, Navy in particular, the Chellis lets them shoot it. 11 for 21 from the three last night. Virginia's got a guard better on the perimeter. And offensively, you wonder what their identity is. They did score 60 points or more than 60 points, didn't they? It was like 58 or 60. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a high-scoring game for Virginia. They're going to have to guard, and they're going to have to find ways to guard the three, but they're, they're pretty small around the perimeter. Uh, the Gardner kid, 18 and 10, right? Yeah. 18 and 10. It's still – this Virginia team is a weird-fitting team from a personnel perspective. They, and they don't have the pros. Like, people talk about, oh, yeah, you know, Tony Bennett's so good at getting these guys to fit together. Well, the year that they won the title, they had Ty Jerome. They had Kyle Guy. They had DeAndre Hunter. Mamadi Diakite is is a guy that's going to be there. Like they had they had pros. I think there was a lot of uh, pressure put on Caden Shedrick to be that guy because I mean he's got a seven foot something wingspan. He's long. He's pretty skilled. He kind of fits the mold if he'll be able to stretch it. But I, 
this wasn't a game where Virginia didn't score. I mean, if Virginia scores more than 55 points, they have a legitimate shot at, shot at winning every night. They just did. They can't. That is the Achilles heel of Virginia. When they got beat by UMBC, UMBC pitches it ahead, shoots it quick, knocks down threes, and it's tough for them. Navy last night, 11 for 21. You hit threes against Virginia, you can win. First ranked win for Navy uh, since David Robinson was playing for the middies. I, I do a great win. Uh, that, that's a program uh, that I think you got to give them a lot of credit for the fact that they go to Virginia and win on opening night. I thought it was a good night for the Mid-American Conference. Uh, you got to credit Northern Illinois. And I've got our man here. I thought he was one of the stars of the night last night. Kind of goes about it quietly because of the Champions Classic. His name is Trendon Hankerson. He has 28 points. And Northern Illinois gets their first Power 5 win since 2005. Rashawn Burno making his coaching debut last night. They beat Washington. God, I got to tell you guys, Mike Hopkins at Washington has been a disaster. It has not worked. I'm just telling you, Washington basketball, I mean, it's, they're a far cry from Isaiah Thomas winning the oh, Pac-12 title. Oh, they are. It was not It was not a bad a, night for the Pac-12. Not a great night for the Pac-12. Shout out to Matthew Brian Amening, who's a good friend of mine, living over in England right now. But they play 65% of the possessions for 2-3 zone, and Mike Hopkins doesn't have the length that Syracuse had when he was there. Yeah. So you, the, the bottom line of that 2-3 zone when you're playing at Syracuse, that is long. You guys know. We're up here in the great Northeast long, athletic, contest shots, even though they're in a zone. They've kind of tinkered with it. Mike Hopkins never tinkered with that zone, and they're small on the baseline wings. I have a brief question here. Does Mike Hopkins at Washington, the way that that's gone, affect error apparent to Jim Beheim? Uh, yeah, probably, but it's not going to matter because Jim Beheim's going to be there until – He's he's coaching at least another fifteen years. Did you see the AP headline last night? What's that? Beheim, Beheim, and Beheim lead Syracuse to season opener win. That was a, that was the headline. How proud! See, he should retire after this yeah. year. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, I uh, I'm I'm going with Ohio State. Um, I was actually so uh, look, Akron is a good team. They might win, well coached. They might win uh the MAC. Ohio State did not have Kyle Young. They did not have Justice Sewing. And they struggled, right? And they had a freshman step up, Malachi Branham, who made three huge plays down the stretch to get that win. Now, we talked about this last night with the Millers, Fanta, but I think that having that kid put in that situation, in that environment against a good team is going to be a very good thing for Ohio State long-term. They have to figure some things out. They got to get Justice back healthy. They got to figure out their point guard situation. Kyle Young has to be back. E.J. Liddell has to be better. But if you have a guy that you know you can give the rock to and make a play in crunch time, they got that now. And I think that they kind of learned that they have someone that he's not going to be afraid of the moment. And I think that sometimes uh, you need to learn things the hard way, right? Yeah, sometimes uh, uh, when you can win a game the way that they did last night, it is it ends up being the best type of a win because you found a way to get the game, but you also found out when you got back in that locker room that, hey, what Holt's, what Holt's telling those guys. He didn't even wait to the locker room. He got them out on the floor. He's like, guys, this needs to be better. Before he brought them back in there, he gathered them, gathered them up right away. Yeah, so, but I think that you felt like we, we got to understand here that the moment Dwayne Washington decided to stay in, the draft that was colossal to the Buckeyes in the immediate term in the, this is a team last night that, that, as you said, they're having to stick people in that are unfamiliar with the situation, but figured it out. Got to figure it out on the fly in this sport. They found a way they found a way like 
we look at November 9th and we say, here's my immediate take. And it's fun, right? It's fun. But don't don't now say that that you you can't see Ohio State being on the level of some of the others in the Big Ten solely because of this performance. They, they, this is a team that does need some time to groom well, themselves. I mean, I mean, that's the, a good the Washington the day, they, they have to get better and they have to grow. But you saw where they can grow. And you got to understand if you're missing, like, as opposed to Michigan State, we didn't see where they, how they could grow. Exactly. And if you're missing two starters against any team in the country, especially a well coached veteran mid major team in the, like, the, the, the MAC, the Mid American, it's, it's, I I mean, it's almost to that level where you kind of start saying, like, yeah, you know what? It could be a two big league. Whoever wins that league. And they beat the heck out of each other. Yes. The MAC beats the heck out of each other. They take away. You always got someone that's an 11 seed, a 12 seed that goes and wins a game. It's a league of quick stop coaching, too. Yes. Like, Like John Gross is going to get another good. He'll get another good job. That that team was good. John Gross is a power conference coach. I got another Big 12 takeaway for you. Or a Big 10 takeaway. You ready for this? Zach Eady last night played 21 minutes started. Trevion Williams played 15 minutes off the bench for Purdue. Took one shot from the floor, shot two free throws. Purdue as a team, here's the thing that stood out to me. Purdue as a team took 56 shots from the floor. 36 of those shots were from three, and they shot 16 for 36 from beyond the arc. You remember how we were asking, I don't know how they're going to make shots. I don't know how they're going to space the floor. Well, you know what? They're making shots. You know, uh, he didn't play. He shot three for nine. He had 14, but he shot three. For what about <laughs> Stefanovic? Hey, I thought I had a point. Stefanovic had a great Sasha. game. Sasha, Sasha was five for well. six. Okay, five for six. So those two together. The, the Thompson kid. <laughs> those two together. No, 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 you can't oh, yeah. Do that. Oh, I'm doing it. The, Tom, <laughs> the, Thompson, the Thompson kid shot well, too. From the Thompson kid shot well, too. Eight for 15, those two. I we like, said we didn't know shooting. You, we have shooting. Don't you like when like somebody scores 28 and the other kid scores 12 and you're like, they combined for 40? Yeah. It's like, what? What was it when he said me and Michael Jordan combined for 70 one night and Jordan had seven? 70. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, but that's weird. I mean, I, so so yes, I think they do have have shooting. What did first end up with in that game? Because I really you're high on Caleb first. I am I'm higher than higher than others. I thought I I think that he's got potential. He he played uh, pretty well when Purdue scrimmage Providence. I'll tell you this much here. Um, I, Travion Williams only taking one shot like like He's, i don't care how many threes you took that's going to be the role that's going to be the role that he has to play because zach ed is better at what the uh, what trayvon williams does best and trayvon williams is not going to be a guy that can play it on the perimeter and it's they, 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 and they didn't play together i'm assuming no they, they did not play together why is he not a focal point still whenever was trayvon they, williams a preseason all-american uh, he was first team preseason all Big Ten, and he's not. He, he well, was, guess he what? Was on my be. second team. Well, he was well, on my second team. I mean, this is second team All American. Yeah. Be. Zach, but I thought he was going to be really here, good. But here's the thing about it: like this is what was coming out of Purdue all off season. We kept hearing about how good Zach Eady has been and how impressive he's been, and and, and there's going to be a chance that Trevion Williams doesn't start. Like this is not. I promise you, this is not something that's surprising to Trevion, and I don't think it's surprising to anyone in that program. And if he accepts this, if Trevion says, like, look, you know what? This is just what I'm going to be this year. This is just what's going to happen when uh, when Isaac Haas and AJ um, Hammonds were on the same team and they they shared minutes. Like senior, yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean that's that's what they're going to have to do. That's that that's going to be the juggling act that Matt Painter has to uh, find a way to make work because bottom line is this: Zach Eady is better at the thing that he that that Trevion Williams is going to be asked to do. And if you're going to build your roster around shooting. And a monster in the paint. Zach Eady is the better guy uh, for that paint. One other box score observation I have for you. Fanta, 
Um, you're you're a good math guy, right? Is I know, I know he's asking, asking me about is nine is nine nine for eleven? What what what? Right, right Adamus at no go. I'm just nine guessing. It's very good. good. Nine for eleven. Yeah, good. nine for eleven is damn That's good. Like what? Like like eighty something percent, right? It's a great. I mean, post post players should go nine for eleven, yes, frankly. But 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 especially when you're playing Central Connecticut. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I think, I think I they did score again. Nine right for now. eleven is very very good. Go ahead. That's your take. Look, so I got a tweet last night and said, John Fanta, please fill in the blank for me. And it says, Odama Sanogo will be the Big East player of the, and it has Y-E, and then he just leaves blank for two letters to fill in the blank for him, which was very UConn-esque. Look, they, they looked good. Uh, they shot the basketball well last night. That's something that was kind I'll, of going to I'm going to wait until they get to Atlantis before yep. I have any takes. Yep. Yeah, battle I for agree. Atlantis. Battle for Atlantis. Yeah, first that first I'll game. I'll be there. I'll be there. You're going. I'm going. You taking the family? Yep, taking the family. Thanksgiving. He's not taking me, which is unbelievable. Wow. After shot. after I took him to Forlini's. After I let him have the good hotel room. Dude, you almost got us kicked out of Forlini's no, because the waiter me. was just ready. That guy <laughs> good hotel room. I'm gonna remember that. That guy loved me. He he got the. Long story. I don't need. Yeah. I don't need to rant about it. Again. No, no, no. Yeah. Look, look. I was I, upset I, about it. <laughs> I actually would would go on. I would say this right now. Um, I think in terms of the feast week tournaments, there might not be a more compelling feast week tournament opener. Like, because this could be a semifinal or a championship game. Connecticut and Auburn is going yeah, to be a, oh, that is a huge, huge matchup. That is that's that's the test right there. That's yes. that's how that's both teams. Yes, that's yeah. when we find out who's real. Another good performance by Auburn last night. Beat the absolute dog out of Moorhead State. I'm a Moorhead. I love Preston Spradlin. I think he does a nice job. They won the league last year. They've got a pro in Janai Broom. I don't know what level of pro, but he'll make some money, whether it be mm-hmm. yeah, overseas sure. yeah. or whatever. But he's he's and Auburn at, just beat him. And, and their front court just overwhelmed him. I mean, he had a really hard time. I, Auburn, man, intriguing storyline. I picked him for the Final Four, and I'm having my doubts. But good start to their season. Yeah, I think. They're, they'll they'll figure Bruce just figures it out, man. He's unbelievable. He just he'll find a way to figure it out. You guys got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I like Villanova over UCLA Friday night. Uh, I think Justin Moore looked excellent. Justin Moore looked like a stud. Brandon Slater with 17 yesterday. Lacanquez and, and Juzing are outstanding. I just I like Villanova in this spot. And after what I saw from Zach Eady, I don't care who he was playing. Today, give me Gonzaga over Texas this weekend. I got Gonzaga. Since we At won't home. pod next At week, home. since we won't pod next week, I'll give you those two picks. There they are. Uh, one freshman we're not talking about right now. Tennessee had a nice win. I mean, it was a win, but Kennedy Chandler was terrific. Seven to ten, four or four from the three. I mean, I, I didn't credit the kid for being that good of a shooter. He has shot the cover off the ball both in the exhibition games and game one. Uh, potential SEC Player of the Year. He's that talented. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. He's really, really good. What they need is someone that we talked about it with Michigan State a little bit, right? They need someone that can create and he's that create guy. that initial closeout. And Kennedy Chandler can be that guy. I'm just upset that he wasn't there last year because I feel like that's what they were missing. Hey, that's la- exactly last what they were thing, missing. last thing for me. If Sean and Archie Miller played one on one right now, I would make Archie a two and a half point favorite. Uh, I think it's more than that. I think I think it's I think it's I think it's significantly more than that. <laughs> eleven and a half point yeah, favorite. 11, okay, yeah. there you go. I think it's you more go. That's that all right I got. Now. That's all he got right now. Well, listen, this has been fun. What a what a what a what a great week we had. 
Yeah, you need me to fly up here every week. Nine, I can do this nine for the show. Nine hours of live streaming uh, <laughs> during the day. We had an hour-long show with Archie Miller and Sean Miller yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. We just knocked out this podcast here in the Fanta Studios, the Hoboken yes. Studios of Field of 68. How about that? The Hoboken Studios of Field of 68. For John Fanta, for, John Fanta. for Terrence Oglesby, I'm Rob Dobbs. This was the DTF Podcast.